Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. For the lead, Butker. Everything perfect there, snap and hold, no slipping on the turf, and Patrick Mahomes with a big second half for Kansas City. And now the Eagles need some big-time magic. Thompson, four career saves. He had three last year, 2-2. Tap to shortstop, Perdomo's got it. And the Diamondbacks have got the series win. And Ryan Thompson gets the save in his Diamondback debut. They get back to 7 over 500. And they have won 12 of their last 15 games. There's a kid inside of me that's incredibly just can't believe that he gets to meet these people and, and share an organization with them. Third down, Blau throws up a punt. And former Viking Davion Davis comes down with it. Touchdown, Arizona Cardinals. It's 17-9. And here goes the rookie around the left side, and then he goes for the touchdown. Man, oh man. Gave away the store, and his first payoff is right here. Jacobs. Jacobs with running room right up the middle. Jacobs is on his way. The Raiders are going to win this game. An absolute savage. Look at the block by Jakob Johnson, his fullback, and Jacobs, who has been just a man possessed all game. Zachariah Branch, and there's the freshman's first USC touchdown. So they had to go in last year as Hartman gets it right to Colsey on the outside. Colsey stays on his feet and takes it in. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Fourth of the day for Sam Hartman. Three balls, two strikes to Varsho. Here it comes. Fly ball, deep center field. Mullins racing back on the track, and he has it. Ball game. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Monday, August 28th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7, the Chiefs over under 11.5 regular season wins in 2023. The Diamondbacks, are they playoff bound after the 5 1 homestand? The Cardinals, what did you learn during the preseason? Around the NFL, Trey Lance is traded and Josh Jacobs signs. College football week zero, USC and Notre Dame each score six offensive touchdowns. The Orioles, will they win in uh, will they win the AL East if no more Felix Bautista? If he's out for the season, do they still win the division? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9:15. This is the last week of our NFL team previews. This week it's the AFC West, and we'll start today with the Chiefs. Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest scheduled to join us in the next segment. 9:30. Interactive action. 
260-1060 and also the local roundup. That will include a Diamondbacks Reds weekend recap. And thankfully, the end of the Cardinals preseason and the worthless NFL preseason will have some analysis from the Cardinals and Vikings you know, fiasco or whatever on Saturday. Meanwhile, final segment, the National Roundup, topped by the MLB scoreboard. Then after the sports zone from 10 to noon, it's the extra point. Hosted by Kayla. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. We start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is the Chiefs over or under 11 and a half regular season wins in 2023. Kayla is here and has the early returns. That I do over leading the way at 75% of the vote, under sitting at 25%. The Chiefs might begin the season without their best defender. Chris Jones is still holding out, and they are going to begin the season and go through the entire season without offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy who's off to Washington, but Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are still in Kansas City. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, do you think the Diamondbacks are playoff bound after their 5-1 homestand versus the Rangers and the Reds? And what do we have here, Kayla? No, out in front, 63.2% of the vote. Yes, 36.8%. This is over on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Arizona, after winning uh, three out of four in the last four days at home against the Reds, they are two games ahead of the Reds in the loss column in the wild card race. Meanwhile, on the lo- also on the local front, the Cardinals preseason thankfully is over. I'm guessing the first week of January, I'll be saying that thankfully the Cardinals regular season is over. What did you learn from the Cardinals, either as uh, either team-wise or individually during the preseason? Meanwhile, spanning the globe from the NFL since we uh, wrapped up last Friday. The 49ers traded Trey Lance to the Cowboys, and the Raiders agreed to terms on a one-year deal with at least $12 million with previous holdout Josh Jacobs. Will Trey Lance ever be an above-average NFL quarterback? And are the Raiders the worst team in the AFC West, even with Josh Jacobs? USC and Notre Dame were Week 0 winners. Uh, the Trojans beat San Jose State 56-28 after the Irish dominated Navy 42-3 in Ireland. What were your impressions of USC and Notre Dame during the, uh, the, uh, Saturday, their Saturday victories? Meanwhile, the Orioles' dream season took a big hit. No you know, pun completely intended here. Probably shouldn't be joking about this because you know, Felix Batista, who I actually think should be the American League Cy Young Award winner, at least at this point, uh, he was placed on the 15-day injured list with uh, what appears to be uh, some kind of UCL injury. He might be out for the rest of the season. In fact, it seems likely that he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Will the Orioles win the AL East, AL East he tried to say, if uh, Felix Batista does not return this season? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, it's the pipeline for today. We have all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. 
If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That will be followed by the first of our four AFC West previews this week with the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. And we'll talk with Matt Derrick in the next segment, our longtime Chiefs guest. Also at the bottom of the hour, to be phone call time, 602-260-1060. General discussion, once again, 602-260-1060. Plus, we'll get to the local roundup. We'll have some Reds and Diamondbacks analysis from the weekend and also uh, some uh, observations from the Cardinals uh, kind of collectively in the preseason and from the game on Saturday, which was you know, a complete ripoff to the Minnesota fans. But that's what preseason football is. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and Kisslux HD2 100.7. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KTUS 1060 app. Had to wait for the Peter Wolf scream there. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. You're home with the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Peter Wolf there and a Jay Giles band coming in. And uh, Springsteen just played two nights at Gillette Stadium last week on Thursday and Saturday. And usually Peter Wolf comes and joins him for a little Dirty Water encore for many years. I don't know if he or uh, Jay Giles band, I don't think they're back together for another reunion tour, but... There was no Peter Wolf this weekend, so I'm kind of wondering if Peter's okay. All right, on to the Kansas City Chiefs we go. Uh, they won the last five NFC West divisions. Uh, and uh, Actually, excuse me, they won the last seven. They won the NFC West the last seven seasons, and uh, they've won the last five years uh, with Patrick Mahomes as starting quarterback. They've been in the AFC Championship game and uh, the last five years with Patrick Mahomes. We're trying to tra track down our friend Mac Derrick from Chiefs Digest. So uh, one way or the other, we'll preview the Chiefs in this segment. I'll fake my way through it if I have to. I'd rather not, but we'll see how this goes. All right, because I've got some information here and then kind of in question form. And I do have some questions about the Chiefs uh, heading into the season. Uh, as I mentioned, they played in all five AFC championship games with Patrick Mahomes as a starting quarterback. And uh, I'm not sure what I'm most impressed regarding Mahomes. I still go back to the first time I, I knew about Mahomes. You know, Texas Tech played some games uh, with him at quarterback before they played here against ASU during his collegiate days. But I remember Todd Graham, who was in, big into the hyperbole thing. Uh, but uh, you know, so I usually just kind of you – know, in one in one year out the other for a lot of the stuff uh, that Todd Graham said over the years. But I do remember the week that they were playing them in his Monday press conference, Todd Graham compared to the Magic Johnson, just the way that uh, he played point guard as a quarterback. 
And every time I watch Mahomes play, or at least at some point seemingly every game, I think of what Todd Graham said when Mahomes makes a play like a point guard at quarterback. It's like that was a, certainly one of the most accurate statements of the, of the Todd Graham ASU era. Meanwhile, Eric Bieniemy, uh, still not a head coach for whatever reason. Uh, there's, I think, few reasons there, but we don't not going to get into those again right now. Uh, but he did leave. He didn't get a head coaching job again, but he's now the offensive coordinator uh, for the uh, Washington Commanders. Uh, we'll see how this goes. You know, it's still Andy Reid's show, obviously, but you know the game week preparation and the operation changes a little bit without Bienemy. We'll see how that goes. Uh, they need re- they need to replace five primary starters from last season, both tackles on offense, both starting receivers. But they you know they overcame you know Tyreek Hilk. Uh, they still won another Super Bowl without him. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. They also need to replace uh, you know, a starting you know, safety and so forth in Thornhill. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but they, that's you know, five primary starters they need to replace from last season. Meanwhile, the Chiefs' offensive line, I mentioned they had to replace both these tackles with Brown and Wiley both leaving. Uh, you know, they think that they've gotten some uh, capable replacements. You know, they brought in you know, you know, basically a couple of tackles from other places, and one's going from left ta- right tackle to left tackle, etc. Uh, but if they can just do okay, that'd be fine. They allowed the just 26 sacks last season. I think that was kind of a you know something I didn't talk enough about during the season last year. That was the third fewest in the NFL, and they obviously throw the ball with some frequency with Mahomes, uh, and it's really because of the three studs in the interior. Uh, with you know Tooney, Humphrey, and Smith, two of those guys, Humphrey and Smith, are in their second and third years respectively. Uh, now third and fourth years respectively. So it's pretty amazing that those guys have been that good. Uh, so I still think the offensive line will be fine as long as the tackles are at least adequate, or maybe uh, I'm sure they would prefer above average. Meanwhile, the Chiefs got also lost in a shuffle. Is last year they rushed for 1,970 yards and 4.7 yards per carry. Now some of that is because you know teams. I don't think they necessarily dare them to run, but they're expecting them to pass, and they're more concerned about Mahomes and the weapons and Kelsey than they are whoever the running back happens to be. But you know those. Once again, I'm going to those three studs in the middle as far as the offensive line goes. You know that's. Uh, you know, the strength of the, you know, they're obviously the strength of their offensive line. And if it weren't for Mahomes, you know, there's, there's very few teams, there are very few teams in the NFL better at the two guard spots and center than the Chiefs are. The big question is, you know, who's going to be the running back here? You have, uh, you know, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, he was banged up at the start of camp. It seems as if he's going to be ready for the start of the season. Uh, obviously McKinnon they usually try to save him towards the end of the season so they can have him healthy Uh, unfortunately McKinnon has an injury history but he has been healthy towards the end of the season the last couple of years usually they try to preserve his carries and there's I know there's speculation everybody has I shouldn't say everybody but many websites in the last, uh, really since last, you know, first, the first one I saw about the uh, first, uh, yeah, in fact, of like 20 minutes after we went off the air last Friday, 
you know, possibilities of veteran players to be cut. And I've seen EC, uh, you know, E8, you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire on this list, a couple of these lists over the weekend. So we'll see if he's actually on the roster at the start of the season. Uh, I would think because of the questionable status of, uh, you know, Pacheco, at least at the start of camp, and the fact that they're trying to keep some carries for McKinnon towards the end of the season, I would think he's still on the roster, but he was on more than one of these lists. I only, I only, truth be told, I went through a couple of them and I didn't go in tremendous detail in my research on that, but I glimpsed would be a good way to put it. Yeah, I think we all realize that Travis Kelsey's great, so I don't think there's too much reason to get into him, but certainly I think it's very intriguing, and we actually talked about this a little bit last week after the Cardinals played here against the Chiefs a couple of Saturday nights ago. The rest of their receiving core is interesting. Uh, Kadarius Toney, uh, unfortunately, has been injured throughout much of his NFL career, whether he's with the Giants or the Chiefs. But we saw in the Super Bowl you know, last year and in a few other games down the stretch. Remember, the Chiefs just acquired him during the season last year before the trade deadline. But they got him, and he made some big plays. Once again, he had a couple of more injuries. and uh, But you know, the big play and the kick return in the Super Bowl uh, were really big parts of them rallying in the, in the second half to win that game against the Eagles. So uh, how do they distribute the ball to the wide receivers? I think is a big reason or a big question. And uh, yeah, I'm, not con- I'm not concerned that they're not going to figure it out because they've got some options. But just uh, de- de- figuring out who those options are, I'm sure are going to be uh, that'd be a big question heading into the season here. Meanwhile, let's flip this to the defense. I don't think it's a surprise that Chris Jones uh, was not there at the start of training camp. There were many, many, many defensive tackles in the league that got paid, uh, got substantial pay raises this past off season. But Jones, who has one year left on his deal. Uh, he did not get a, a pay raise or he got, did not get his contract extended at all. Uh, so I don't think it's a surprise that he actually started camp not there. Uh, I think that they realized when they had their Super Bowl ring ceremony amongst the team that he was not part of that. And, and he basically said at that time that he wasn't going to be there. Last week, he like, I don't know, threats may be a strong word, but he indicated that he might be willing to sit out until week eight. I think there's some kind of fine stipulation that kicks in even more so after a week eight thing with the you know, checks and so forth for the regular you know, He's obviously not going to get paid if he's not there now, but there's some other thing. I apologize. I don't know the rules that well as far as uh, those kind of things, but seems to be a uh, week eight is a, you know, a thing that uh, you know, players have talked about before and Jones brought it up last week. So we'll see how that goes. How the defense try, let's assume he's just not there for a week or two at least. How does the defense try to compensate with him not being there if he's not there? The Chiefs also, this defense, had several young players step up in roles last season, including a lot of guys in the secondary. George Karloftis had six sacks during his rookie season. I think there's more expected out of him this year. He had some very good moments last year, including a couple of big plays in the postseason. So uh, we'll see how now the second-year player out of Purdue performs in year number two in the NFL. Now the Chiefs, I mentioned the secondary. They had some young guys. They made some big plays. 
Just corners are very physical. They also, the Chiefs, allowed an NFL most 33 touchdown passes last season. Certainly some of that is because they had the lead against most opponents and the opponents were chasing points uh, for a large majority of the games a year ago. Uh, but I do think, that, uh, I think it's safe to say that they believe that uh, the pass defense needs to get better in some areas, so we'll see if that happens. The Chiefs' special teams a year ago, uh, definitely up and down, and that might be on the positive side. The thing started with Harrison Butker, who was injured in week one. Remember, he was just kicking off here uh, in the, the University of Phoenix Stadium in Glendale on the, the suspect playing surface there. Uh, that was he. You know, he basically went down. Then he wasn't able to finish that game. You know, I think that Reed actually was the kicker towards the end of that game after he went down. So we'll see. He was back by the end of the season. He made the game-winning Super Bowl kick uh, that we played at the at the top of the hour here. But uh, yeah, so it kind of starts with him. And uh, you know, I know that there's at least one thing that I've read that you know they have like a player on the hot seat for every team. And Butker was the guy for Kansas City, so they need him to step up. Also, you know, some of the other special teams were inconsistent to, uh, I think that's a nice way to describe it, a nice way. I'm a nice guy. So that's a nice way to subscribe, uh, to uh, describe that situation. So I would uh, certainly think that the you know, pass defense, uh, the left tackle situation, and special teams are certainly some areas where they're uh, most, I wouldn't say concerned, but they'd like to see the most improvement from those areas in 2023 schedule is difficult you would expect that from a first place team and so forth they have eight games against uh, teams that were playoff opponents uh, you know that were in the playoffs last year so they eight, eight games against uh, opponents that were in the postseason a year ago also the season win total 11 and a half is a pretty tricky number uh, but uh, you know they've won uh, a whole bunch of games under over under Mahomes. I don't have that number right in front of me right now, uh, but I will definitely have that by the time we answer the poll question of 11.5 wins over or under. I'll have that handy by the time we get to that during the uh, final hour of today's extra point. As far as the schedule analysis, also, as you would expect, bottom of uh, national exposure here, six primetime games. They have one game in London. According to Warren Sharp, who is a, a guy that does a lot of it, does all kinds of a, you know, analysis as far as numbers and so forth. Uh, but you know, they had a big rest advantage last year over a lot of their opponents. Uh, that you know, they either had you know a couple of extra days off or coming out of buys, they had an advantageous situation. That is not the case this season. Much more difficult schedule construction wise and rest wise as opposed to last year for the Chiefs during the regular season they also have a very interesting uh, stretch of five games in six weeks from October the 12th through November the 20th now this isn't as bad as it sounds as you you know as I just mentioned the the, the five games in six weeks but you know, it starts with a Denver Denver on a Thursday night. That game's in Kansas City, so at least it's a home game on a Thursday night. Then they play Los Angeles, the Chargers. That's a long week after the Thursday night game, so they get a little rest before that. Um, so that's a good thing. At Denver, though, right after that. So they play Denver twice in a three-week span. They play Miami and Germany. 
I don't think Miami is quite as good as um, many thought uh, the Dolphins might be, partly because of the Jalen Ramsey injury. They've got some serious uncertainty on their offensive line right now that I don't think they expected uh, before the season started or before training camp started. So we'll see what's going on with that. Then the good news, as is the case in a lot of these games in foreign countries, uh, that uh, the week after that they have a bye. But then uh, the last of these uh, five games in six weeks is against Philadelphia. Uh, That's a Super Bowl rematch. That's also on a Monday night, not surprisingly. That game is in Kansas City, however. Last two games of the season uh, for the Chiefs are home against Cincinnati, and they're one and three against the Bengals. The last you know four meetings over these last you know, two or three years now, they did beat them when it mattered the most last year, obviously in the conference championship game. Uh, but that game is at home. That's on New Year's Eve, by the way. If I didn't mention that previously, and then they end the season at the Los Angeles Chargers. And I'm not really sure what I think of the Chargers right now. Maybe we'll have a better idea by the end of this week as we continue to preview the uh, conference, excuse me, the division, uh, the uh, AFC West this particular week, which will include Denver on Wednesday. Uh, We'll conclude uh, on uh, Denver on Wednesday. Who's the third team? Uh, The Chargers. (laughs) Uh, The Chargers on Thursday. And then we'll wrap it up with the Raiders on Friday. All right, next segment. Phone call time. If you want to get in, we got plenty of extra time in the next segment if you want to get in because I could only ramble for so long in this segment. Even I could only ramble for so long. Kayla's shaking her head and going, yeah, right. Uh, 602-260-1060. Also, today's local roundup, including uh, some Diamondbacks and Reds from the weekend, some Cardinals preseason game three analysis, if there is such a thing. Uh, and then uh, we'll try to get to... Uh, you know, the phone calls in the next segment if you want to get in. As I mentioned, feel free to interrupt at any point. 602-260-1060. Then we'll wrap up the sports zone with the National Roundup. Don't forget the extra point coming up with Kayla. Coming up in the next two hours from 10 to noon. So stay tuned for that right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Turn those picks into gold. Wall-to-wall NFL coverage and the biggest stories coming to you from 3 to 5 p.m. The Rich Eisen Show here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 21.7. In addition to local roundup, if you want to get into the KDUS hotline right now, is uh, phone call time, and we have some extra time if you want to jump aboard. 602-260-1060. Feel free to interrupt at any point if you'd like. Meanwhile, on to the day's local roundup, and the Diamondbacks won three out of four versus the wild card contending Cincinnati Reds. Uh, the uh, Diamondbacks finished five and one on the homestand over the then first place Texas Rangers and Cincinnati. Arizona, after the eight-game losing streak, uh, has respend, or responded, he tried to say, it's not a hard word, responded by winning five consecutive series and 12 of their last 15 games. Uh, the Diamondbacks on Sunday, the series finale against the Reds, uh, scored three, game, three runs in the, five, in the eighth inning to win that game 5-2. to two. Uh, It was fitting that the Diamondbacks' three runs in the eighth inning came after Corbin Carroll, 
Cattell Marte and Tommy Pham all walked to start the inning. They all scored. Late inning walks in close games. They almost always come back to haunt the team that uh, that gave up the walks. And that certainly happened yesterday. Uh, uh, yeah, Carol and Marte scored on sacrifice flies from Christian Walker and Evan Longoria. Excellent hitting there uh, before Alex Thomas singled to score fam. Meanwhile, Ryan Thompson, who was released last week by Tampa, uh, got the final three outs for the Diamondbacks last night. He got there yesterday afternoon, excuse me, in the save in his Diamondbacks debut. Arizona's starting pitching, effective in all four games of this series against Cincinnati. On Thursday, Merrill Kelly was dominant, zero runs on one hit in seven innings before he was forced to leave again with a hamstring cramping. On Friday, Brandon Fott finally got his first MLB win in his 13th start of his rookie season. He allowed just two earned runs on three hits and one walk with five strikeouts. Saturday, Zach Davies came off the injured list. He allowed one run on five hits and uh, only one walk with uh, five strikeouts. That's a lot of strikeouts for Zach Davies, so good for him. He left with a 4-1 lead. Uh, but the Diamondbacks ended up losing that game 8-7 to in 11 innings on Saturday night. Sunday, uh, Slade Ciccone uh, surrendered just one run in five in two-thirds innings on three hits and zero walks with a career-high five strikeouts in that game. That's much better than what we've seen him for, uh, swing and miss potential and uh, results in his previous outings, whether it be as a starter or in relief. Statistically speaking, Corbin Carroll, uh, became the fourth record uh, rookie, excuse me, fourth rookie in MLB history with uh, 40 steals and 20 home runs in his first year. Uh, so good for him. Uh, he's uh, he certainly turned it around. He had a really sluggish, you know, July the first until like the last two or three weeks, but uh, he's uh, certainly turned it on here a little bit of late. Meanwhile, up next, the uh, Dodgers play the the Diamondbacks and Dodgers play their final three games of the season series, uh, starting tonight in Los Angeles. Zach Gallen, four and five with a three eleven earned run average. Uh, Bobby Miller goes for the Dodgers tonight, seven and three with a three eighty six earned run average. Gallen dominated in a month of August, five starts, three and zero, the two zero one earned run average, seven earned runs and thirty one point one innings pitched. A 219 opponent's batting average, only six walks and 36 strikeouts so far this month for Gallon. Tomorrow night, expected to be uh, Merrill Kelly against Clayton Kershaw, and then both teams have listed TBA for Wednesday. All three games in the Dodger Stadium Series. First pitch is at 7:10. All right, we're going to hold off on the Cardinals preseason talk uh, until uh, we get to the extra point with Kayla. On to the phone lines we go. Let's go to Matt and Phoenix. Hi, Matt. Bob, how are you? How was the weekend? Excellent. How are you? Good. I'm okay. Thank you. Um, Gallon now gets to go out on the road, uh, something that uh, he hasn't been as efficient at at home against, uh, obviously, a very good Dodgers lineup. I'm excited for this pitching matchup. Actually, for the pitching matchups the next two nights, I think it should be mm-hmm. uh, a terrific watch. Um, uh, I think the, the Diamondbacks, should get in. I think what's going to decide it is they play the Cubs seven times in they the month do. of uh, September. And I know the Cubs mm-hmm. have some injuries they got to get through, but I think the other teams behind Arizona are kind of fading um, substantially. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Miami 
uh, and San Francisco. So um, I think those seven and the Reds. Decide. Yes, yes, that was the other team I forgot to mention who I really didn't consider a playoff contender at all to begin with. But um, I think those seven games uh, between those two are going to decide who is the uh, final wild card. Your thoughts? I think they both are going to get in. Um, okay. Yeah. So you know, the, I think the Cubs are playing really well. Uh, Cody Bellinger has the most runs batted in in the National League since the All Star break. Been good terrific. for his uh, good for his future earnings. Absolutely. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna break the bank here, I assume, uh, in free agency. Uh, you know, no big deal that they won three out of four against uh, against Pittsburgh. Interesting for the Cubs. They begin a series tonight at Wrigley, three games against the Brewers. They also, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, finish the season with three games at Milwaukee. That is uh, correct. So we'll see what's, see what's up with that. You know, tonight it's Tyone, who has had some good and bad. Uh, and uh, w- Wade Miley, who's mostly been good, uh, former Diamondback, when he's been healthy, uh, he's been really good for the Brewers yes, this yeah. year with a th- yep. 318 or a run average. So that's tonight. I know you're not a big awards guy. I know you mentioned the AL Cy Young, which I think should be awarded to nobody. Um, the <laughs> National League is interesting because Acuna has been the favorite and you know played like it for uh, you know four months now. But um, I personally think Mookie Betts is the most valuable player in the National League. Do you have an opinion on that? I think you make a case for him now. Um, and not just because of the weekend, uh, his return to Fenway when he was, you know, kind of the star of the three days, yep. really. Uh, and, you know, Freddie Freeman wasn't too bad either, by the way. Uh, <laughs> right. but, uh, shockingly the Dodgers won another series. Uh, but yeah, you can definitely make a case for him now. I almost think that the Braves are, you know, almost, uh, almost too good. I agree uh, with that. To make to make to make a case for Acuna by himself. They have like four real, you know, MVP caliber guys on that team. Yeah, and they got a lineup that you know some days you know who do you try to get yep. out? Absolutely. You know, even the bottom of the lineup, you know, obviously since Harris figured it out after the first you know month and a half of the season when he was yep. terrible, and there was even some thought that he might go back to AAA, but since that's happened in Arcia. When he bats ninth, good luck with that. Or they usually they bat eighth and ninth in most days. Those two guys. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, two quick college football questions. I'll hang up and, and listen. Um, Notre well, you gotta, Dame. You, you gotta make sure I remember these. Okay. <laughs> Notre Dame, uh, better um, or a product of Navy not being any good, and USC's defense. Okay, let me let me, just, let me just stop okay. you there. I'll go really fast on this one. Uh, well, considering we didn't get to see the first half here locally because the stupid right. Cardinals preseason game was on, uh, I have no idea. I mean, Navy okay. was terrible. I saw plenty of highlights, uh, Matt, you know, of, uh, of uh, you know Sam Hartman. So yep. I don't think I know. I don't know if we're going to really okay. know anything about Notre Dame until the fourth game of the season, or is it the fifth game? Fifth game of the so season. The, yeah, in, okay. they play that game in South Bend. So. Yeah. Uh, we it's not like they've got a murderer's row start to the season here schedule wise. Sorry, Fair. next and part you're two. Good. And the the USC defense is still a concern. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. I, I think it's. I watched. Uh, I know it's it's gross, Bob, but um, I watched a decent amount of that game. Um, so did I. <laughs> okay. Um, I think there's, and, and this isn't you know groundbreaking information. There's a tremendous 
schematic issue that they have. I think they should just – I think they have some talent on the front four. They should just let them, um, you know, do what they do and dominate physically and, and kind of play in the back as necessary. And they, they run some really odd blitz schemes and, and um, just really seemingly don't have a clue. And that's got to be a, an Alex Grinch thing that's gone back to the Oklahoma days. Am I – Am I way off there, or do you think that's no? I think it's part well. scheme. Also, also these guys don't seem to want to tackle, which is something oh, I said last fair, year. Fair. I mean, yeah, I think they were in position to make a lot of plays last year and just couldn't tackle. And I think that's more on the player than the coach because okay. I'm sure that they try to cover that in practice. Yeah, in some case, even though I don't know how much you can actually try to tackle in practice anymore with the risk of injury. I'll go a little further back with Grinch. He sucked when he was at Ohio State for a year. Okay. And uh, yeah, their defensive decline kind of started when he was there. Uh, then they actually, after he left for a year, got much better, and then they've can decline since then. And be interesting to see how Ohio State does defensively this year. And uh, year two of uh, you know Jim Knowles is the defensive coordinator yep. there. And by the way, every time I go outside around this time, my wife tells you to. Uh, or tell me to say hi to you. So I want to pass that message along for the first time ever. <laughs> she knows exactly okay. what I'm going to do, and she says hi, Bob. Okay. Well, hello, Matt's wife. All right. <laughs> Take care, Bob. Okay, thank you. Morty, what's going on? Big week this week. The Sun Devils, they better win this week. Hey, Bob, how does Ray Anderson still have a job? Uh, I don't know how a lot of people have their jobs at ASU still, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, I have no clue. I have no absolute, no absolute idea how to do that. I think they're going to be really bad, unless I'm just really wrong um, about this team. Uh, and uh, maybe if they're really bad in football, maybe they'll have to do something at the end of the season. Yeah, but it's. It, I mean, a year ago was a national embarrassment with harm. I mean, more than a year ago. And then this is a national embarrassment. It's unbelievable, the, the, the sports writers, what they're pulling out and 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 reporting. And um, it just it's, it's self-inflicted wound after self-inflicted wound. And, and I just don't get it. Okay, well, I actually just think it kind of started when he got there. They tried this, you know, the infamous pro model in hiring Herm. And obviously, you know, Anderson was formerly Herm's agent. And I know it was a surprise, and it looked like it wasn't a bad idea at the start. Because, uh, you know, Herm got a lot of guys here. Uh, you, know, you know, the coaching staff looked like it was pretty solid when he got here. A lot of those guys have left. In fact, all of them have left, I think, to my knowledge. I think everybody's gone now. Uh, for various reasons, and I think it's just been a disaster football-wise. Now, I know a couple of my you know, friends that are ASU fans keep telling me that the athletic department overall has gotten better since Anderson's been here, but the two main sports, at least, that we talk about on this show, uh, you know, the football program and the basketball program, I don't think those are going the way that they planned. Yeah. <sighs> I'm not. I have my own thoughts about the football team and the season, but I'm not going to get into it now. Other than to tell you, I think you're wrong, and we'll discuss that later on in the season. Okay. 
at some point here, I'm trying to figure out a way to phrase a question. Who wins more games this year, ASU or the Cardinals? So I think they're both going to be awful, and it's going to be really difficult to be uh, covering football and uh, talking about Valley sports teams for the next four months. Hope I'm wrong in both cases, but I'm not expecting much from either. In October, I'm going to expand your program, and I'll be your hockey correspondent. Okay, well that's not gonna that's not gonna last very long, Morty. So stick to football and basketball. Uh, okay. Okay, Bob. Good talking. Okay. To you. Thank you. Appreciate it as always. Have fun on Thursday night against Southern Utah, uh, which is good that they, they should. You know, I got no problem with that. They play actually real opponents after that, including Oklahoma State. I believe that's in game two, Oklahoma State. I'm a week at a time guy. You hear all these coaches say we're just a week at a time or players. We're not looking ahead. Well, I'm definitely the guy. I'm definitely not looking ahead. I think the Oklahoma State game is week two. All right. Coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's uh, Sports Zone with the National Roundup. That'll include a little MLB scoreboard from last night. A little longer than this segment than usual. That's fine, though, because we got a couple phone calls in. That's great. Kind of wish we got more phone calls in in this segment. So think about that in the future, folks. Bringing you the latest sports topics weekly right here on KDUS AM 1060 with me, the Doug Gottlieb Show, 1 to 3 p.m. It's time for today's National Roundup. Okay, welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone. By the way, Matt Derrick will join us from uh, Chiefs Digest in the 10-15 segment during the extra point, so stay tuned for that. All right, quickly, let's get to a little baseball from the weekend. Mookie Betts. Homered in game three of his return to Fenway Park. Uh, Betts uh, capped his return with a second consecutive three-hit game. Two-run homer yesterday to spark the Dodgers to a 7-4 victory over his former team. Three games, he had seven hits. Uh, series, he actually, uh, he got standing ovations in his first at bat in each of the three games. Also, he acknowledged the crowd during that first at bat, waving his helmet and it was, it was a great return for Mookie. Maybe not a great return as far as the Red Sox are concerned because they lost two out of three, and he destroyed them in a couple of those games. Uh, but uh, between Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, they had 14 hits in the series. Those two guys are pretty good. Meanwhile, the Rays are uh, within three games in the loss column with the Orioles. We mentioned that Felix Bautista in the pipeline is out likely for the rest of the season with the UCL injury. Uh, yesterday, it was uh, yeah, Brandon Lowe, homered, and drove in four guns. And uh, that's Brandon Lau, right? I get the Lows and the Lows mixed up. Brandon uh, Lau, homered, and drove in four runs as the uh, Rays beat the Yankees 7-4. to four. All kinds of bench-clearing situations. No fight, but a lot of yapping. Might be a couple suspensions here, apparently, because there was more yapping from others than I thought. I thought it was just kind of a... You know, you know, Rose Arena type of thing. He was the instigator for some of this, but he got hit twice, so he was pretty pissed off and seemed to have a reason to be mad. He did not think he had to like steal bases and get up and scream at the pitcher after he stole bases, but whatever. Uh, so we'll see what happens. The Yankees now 
a season high six games under 500. Uh, they're in danger of uh, their streak of 30 consecutive winning seasons ending. And they also are now you know, zero for their last nine games when they've had a rubber game of a series. So that's not a good thing for the Yankees. Meanwhile, the Brewers swept the Padres, who I'm pretty sure the metrics people are probably still saying they could make a run, uh, the Padres. Uh, but uh, the Brewers sweep them yesterday. William Contreras homered and doubled. Sal Freelich drove in three, uh, three runs. The Brewers, who are actually scoring runs here of late, not just against the Padres, but their offense has been much better lately. They win 10-6. The Brewers begin a three-game series tonight at Chicago against the Cubs. Uh, individually, Justin Verlander dominated against his first team. Uh, and the, uh, the Astros won 17-4 to yesterday, so Verlander only needed to pitch five innings. He pitched five shutout innings. Allowed two runs, a couple of walks, struck out seven. It was his 254th career victory that uh, pulls him to into a tie for 43rd all-time with uh, another former Tiger, uh, Jack Morris, and also Red Faber. And I must admit that I'm not, fam- I'm not uh, familiar with one Red Faber. I'm sure he was a fine pitcher because he won 254 games. I'm guessing that was back in the covered wagon days when pitchers were throwing like uh, as many innings and pitch counts were not something you should read in a box score. (laughs) That was a long time ago, I'm guessing, for Red. All right, stay tuned. Next two hours, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That includes a Chiefs preview with Matt Derrick at 10.15. Also, more phone call time at Strategical Point, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 